Yeah, I will say that I, I was one that always hated driving my kids around, right? And now I'm going to say at least for, I'm calling it at least for a year after COVID ends, I will not complain about driving them anywhere. Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Harmon, we're back for another episode of Medical Dads. That's right, back for a stroll down memory lane. Yes, it's not just any episode. This is the one-year anniversary of COVID. <laughs> That's right. We didn't record a one-year anniversary episode for the actual podcast. Nobody cares about that, but it's been a year of COVID. Now, that is something. Yes. Who would have thought that we would make it to March 2021 and still be talking about this stupid thing? <laughs> I could have predicted that sometime in September, I think. <laughs> yes. If you go through our archives, you'll hear hopeful Stu in March of 2020 say, oh, this will be over in a few months. Oh, I'm not sure when this episode's going to air. Maybe COVID will be over by the time we get to this. Yeah. So much for that. Yeah. I think there was a lot of that at the beginning. A lot of that at the beginning. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I was ever actually saying to people, don't worry, it'll be over in months. But there's definitely a lot of me being like, we could be doing this, but... That's if it's even still going on. It might not even be going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're, it's 2021 and we're like, this is going to drag on for the foreseeable future at the very least. That's, the, that's my new approach on life. Everything lasts into the foreseeable future. <laughs> well, you're, not into the, uh, you're not in the camp of like, don't worry, the vaccine is going to fix everything. <laughs> we could just get more vaccine. We can, you can listen to our episode from last week to hear what we think about the vaccine. <laughs> That's right. But no, I think for the foreseeable future, we're going to be operating like this. For the foreseeable future, I'm going to be wearing a mask at work. I mean, at this point, things have been the way they are for so long. It's actually hard to envision what it would be like if things were different. <laughs> so going right back to before the virus started... I remember distinctly thinking to myself, I think we might have touched, talked about this at some point. I remember thinking to myself like early 2020 that Donald Trump had made it through three years out of his four-year term. And I was like, I was amazed that he made it that far. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? He just has a, one more year to go, right? What could possibly happen? We just hold our breath for this last year. We get through it. And maybe the world isn't that much worse off with this guy in charge, right? Like, you know, he he all, he reunited or something with, with Kim in North Korea. Right. And, you know, maybe he, we can make through this unscathed. Little did I realize that the greatest calamity to hit the Western world or the whole world of the last 50 years was about to unfurl on his watch. Little did I realize. Yeah, nostalgic for the days where the worst thing Trump did was send a few ridiculous tweets and put a <laughs> unreasonable tariff on Canadian aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, he put taxes on aluminum <sighs> can't get worse than this <laughs> yeah how far we have gone i mean it, a year has passed he is now out of office and the virus rages on we, we can see who won that battle <laughs> but I, I feel like you know we say it's one year of the virus it's it's not actually one year of the virus as of today i mean mm -hmm. otherwise it would be called true. covid 20 not true. COVID 19 
it's one year to how the virus became relevant to us as parents. Yes, exactly. That's why we're doing this discussion. <laughs> That's right. So I, I remember, so there was, you know, December of 2019 where I'd heard about this virus, but it wasn't something that had come to North America. And there was a sort of sense of countries are trying to contain this. Let's hope they contain this. Um, mm-hmm. And then things stayed about that status quo in, until February 2020. That's where it started to get real because I was taking my wife on a... Uh, on a surprise birthday trip on the, on the weekend of February 20th or the week, week slash weekend mm. of February 20th. And so uh, uh, the virus had not shut things down yet for us. People weren't talking about it in a big way, but for us in medicine, we knew there was enough of an issue then that I was a bit nervous for what might happen with that trip. And I remember <laughs> a patient would come to the emergency department and the concern would be, well, might have COVID. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, it's, we really don't think that it's COVID right now, but at the same time, uh, after I see them, is there going to be a situation uh, like in a week or two when I'm at this airport that they're going to say, were you in contact with anybody who had COVID and uh, this patient may be the one that gets my trip canceled? So this is like, it was on my mind, but I was like, oh, well, we'll deal with that if it happens. And I pushed that aside, went on the trip, uh, had a great weekend in a uh, great weekend in Miami beach. And then maybe Two weeks after we got back, three weeks after we got back, that's when uh, that's when I realized that I just dodged a bullet or I just managed to scrape that trip in. <laughs> we were not so lucky. We had a trip booked for about a year ago this week. Like it was March break of last year. We had a trip booked to for Cuba. Yeah. And I remember watching like the news and we were like, are we going to be able to go on this thing? And as we got closer and closer... I mean, none of us have ever had a trip canceled like this before, <laughs> yeah. right? And we were like, should we, you know, and then finally we ended up canceling it like a week or two in advance. And that's, that's how we've kicked off this last year, right? We haven't had a vacation since, just like most other people, I think. It's been crazy. Yeah, for most people in, at least in our part of Canada, most people in Ontario, we really tie in the beginning of when COVID was real for us with the beginning of March break. Yeah. Because... Uh, you may probably recall people at that time, the Friday, people were saying like, oh, yeah, I wonder if I should like go on a trip. By the Friday evening, we're hearing Disneyland has closed <laughs> and they're not allowing people in. By Friday night, you're hearing Disney World is closed or will, or will close by the Monday of this, of this mm-hmm. week. Um, some people still say, well, yeah, I go on a trip. By the, by the weekend, by the time people are at the airport of Saturday morning, you're hearing announcements from the government saying we advise against people traveling. Uh, <laughs> and then by the middle of March break, the government's saying, come back, <laughs> come back now because you may not be able to get a plane back or across the border by the end of the week. Right. It, like nothing like this has ever happened in our lifespan. Right. And now we kind of look back on it. Like we, we, you know, those of us that are here, we've survived it. Yeah. And it's just kind of this crazy thing that, that we, that we kind of take for granted now, but at the time it was all so insane. <laughs> right this whole idea of like you know we're gonna glove up and go to the grocery store wearing (laughs) visors and whatnot right or this whole idea that you know what now you're gonna buy everything online you're not gonna go to a store for a year like people would have looked at you and been like what on earth are you talking about (laughs) right i i remember the night where we started to smell that this thing might become a thing it it was same it was like in mid-february last year chinese new year was in february yeah and we were at a chinese banquet hall and Actually, it was a big Chinese restaurant. It was like me, my in-laws, my parents, yeah. uh, my sister, her in-laws. You know, we got, you know, all these cousins sitting side by side. We're, we're sitting there 
and you know bef- dinner hasn't arrived yet yeah and somebody's looking on their phone and they're like oh the first case of covid has arrived in toronto that was the night the first case like in canada showed up at sunnybrook hospital do you remember the date that oh i'd have to look it up it was february something okay and we just all had this feeling like you're kind of sitting there first you're, you're in a chinese restaurant you're like how safe is it to be eating here? Like some of us were like, well, at least we're in the corner. We're in the corner room. We're not around that many other tables because there could be someone else with the virus in this very room. Right. And then you're like, you know, it starts to cross your mind. Like what if this thing starts to get bigger? And you know what? We never, we haven't gone out as a group since, right? We've after that dinner, we did go out to eat. Like I think one more time. Yeah. I think it was my wife's birthday and we went out to eat and it was the same restaurant. There was nobody there, right? And it was just our table. And then the manager, you know, at Chinese restaurants, sometimes the manager comes and says hi to you. Yeah. This time the guy had nothing to do. He sat, he stood right next to our <laughs> table and ladled each cup of soup out for us the whole evening. Holding his breath the whole time. Even after that, we could not go back again. And I think after that, they actually formally closed everything, right? All so right. it's been a long year for everybody since then. But that's how this whole thing started for us. The actual, the moment, the actual moment where things flipped over, where the switch flipped for us, uh, it was the, the, the Thursday, I think, the, the March mm. break, the, the March break was going to start on the Friday and it was the Thursday and we had, uh, we decided that my youngest daughter, who's five at the time, she wanted to get her ears pierced and we told her she could when she was five. So this was the day <laughs> we were going to get yes. her ears pierced. We recorded something that day. I remember. That's right. Yeah, actually, oh yeah. If I remember now, I remember the. This was the last day of school. It was a Thursday, but the Friday was the PD day, so there was going to be an mm. extra day tacked on the March break. So we pick everybody up from school with the plan. We're going straight to the mall, and on, uh, as we're as we're driving out from the school, uh, one of my kids is saying, uh, "Dad, uh, this boy in our class, he said their March break it's going to be two weeks long. That they're adding another two weeks to March break." <laughs> and I'm saying like, oh, okay, yes, yes, I know everybody's starting to talk about this this coronavirus, but that's not true. They're not like, they're not <laughs> extending March break right now. Son, I've been around the earth many years. That's never happened. That's impossible. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Such a thing couldn't exist. <laughs> that's like a that's like a round earth, son. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> but just as just as we're saying, no, no, that that's not that that kid must be misunderstanding. Uh, we turn on the radio and right that moment they announce March break will be extended by two weeks according to Doug Ford of the Ontario government. And we were just like, what? What is happening? We went to the mall. We got the ears pierced and our plan was to go for it to, to Lone Star, a restaurant after we got the ears pierced. So we were at that Lone Star and it just felt really weird. It just felt like, guys, I don't. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this tomorrow. I think this may be the last time we're in a restaurant for, for well, at the time we thought maybe for a few weeks, but, uh, but yeah, it turned out that that was the last time we were in a restaurant together. It, it's been something, man. It's been something to go through this year. I got to say, I mean, that was the very, very beginning of it. And then we hit this period of time where, you know, everything started shutting down. Right. Right. And, you know, the schools were closed and they kept saying, they're like, you know, we're going to close for a month. We're going to reevaluate at the end of another month. And other people were like, this is done. This we're we're going to be home until like until July. And other people are like, well, maybe not. And sure enough, eventually just, you know, the closure just kept going on and on and on until September. That's right. Right. I mean, 
nobody thinks about this or talks about this now, but do you remember at the beginning, the, the big deal around cruises? Well, the cruises were were deadly. They were a deadly incubator of disease. <laughs> That's right. There was the, the Princess Diamond, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. It was this uh, now famous cruise ship that had had a COVID outbreak on the cruise ship and was having a hard time finding a place to dock. I think they eventually like settled down in Japan and they had to stay on the cruise ship for right. some, like, and, crazy and number of And they were picking weeks. up cases left and right at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... So, I mean, there's been so many news stories, right? Like the cruise ship was the flavor of the month for a while. At one point we were all fretting about Tom Hanks's health. Like <laughs> he got COVID, you know, <laughs> Prime Minister Trudeau's wife got it. Later in the year, Trump got it. Yeah. Like it's been a crazy year for news, I got to say. I think Tom Hanks was at the, was, was the first and, and was, that was scary. That's when we realized, oh, wait, celebrities can get coronavirus? No, that, that's scary. <laughs> Before it was just Chinese people. <laughs> well, that was the joke when people were asking me, uh, sort of March first. You know, are you doing anything for March break? I said, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a cruise. It's going to stop in China, and then the next step is Iran, which I think was the other place that was having at the time. And people thought that was hilarious because it's like obviously you wouldn't go to those two places. Little do they realize that by the end of March, the joke was that you were going anywhere at all. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, I the my last memory of that early part was about basketball. There was that whole the night the NBA closed was also I think either the Wednesday or Thursday of that yeah. week, and that was when I was like, "What?" Like their a pro sports league had taken the initiative to shut down because one player tested positive. Do you remember uh, this? Yes. And he was the dude, Rudy Gobert, who was the reporters had asked him like are you worried about covid and he's like i'm not worried and he started touching the microphones right and then the next day he tested positive and he had to come out sheepishly ashamed and said like you know i'm going to donate some money to charity right? uh, and now how do you feel about hiv uh yeah i uh, i think i'll be more careful that too so i mean it was crazy like it, it's been a uh, like you know, we I think we've talked about this at other points where, you know, all the things that have closed, the ways our life have changed. But it just right away, it was like this sudden like now it all seems like we're kind of used to it. Like we're kind of used to sitting at yeah. home. And but at that time, it was like, wow, like all these things that basically for our entire life we have taken for granted suddenly stopped. Right. And in those early stages, there was this idea of sort of like, yeah, but we, we could get this under control. We can, we can get things back to, back to normal. And if we just mm. uh, flatten the curve, we used to talk about flatten the curve. <laughs> well, you did say, and I, I still don't fully understand why we couldn't do this. You did say if everyone just stayed home for two weeks, this thing would be over. That's all it would That's take, right. right? It's now going on 12 months. Why can't we all just stay home for two weeks? I have not been able to understand it's just, this. It's as true now as it was then, right? And I, I, think, I think I said, you know, two weeks, but make it three weeks just to be safe. Give us a buffer, right? Give people one week to prepare and then three weeks and then the virus should not have, should, the virus should be gone because right? it doesn't incubate longer than two weeks. Right. But here we are, one year later, no one's listening to us, just just like that. <laughs> yeah, instead of that, let's let's spend like, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars on vaccines <laughs> right. to try to get this thing under control. We could have just gotten it under control by staying home for two weeks. Uh, uh, why would we do anything that requires effort when we can science our way out of the problem? <laughs> We're living in the 21st century, aren't we? Oh, so as we got, okay, so that was the beginning of the thing. And then we hit summer, 
right? Yeah. And first, we I guess the first few months to go back to that, the first few months for me was like this panic period of time, <laughs> right? Our listeners may recall this that I was very worried about the virus at that beginning point in time. To be fair, there was a lot of unknowns, and everybody uh, was being more cautious then than they are now. Yeah. Right? To to be fair, I recorded many of those episodes on very little sleep. <laughs> I remember like being like restless, like. What, you know, thinking that I got to go to the store tomorrow. So therefore not being able to fall asleep for three hours, right? <laughs> Going to bed at four, waking up at seven, right? And it was just not a good period of time, right? I, I think a lot of people probably went through that at various points during this year, oh, yeah. right? Where, you know, there's so much uncertainty that we, we and we've never had to face it before. It's weird how you how you react to it. I think most people, or at least most listeners would agree though, that that your anxiety was sort of worth it for the entertainment value of hearing you record this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't been able to get that nervous again since despite my best efforts. <laughs> I mean, at the beginning, we were wiping down our groceries. Does anybody still do that? <laughs> Wipe down their groceries? Or, or yeah. anything that came to the house had to stay outside for three days before you could bring it in the house? I don't think too many people are still doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the bright side, the virus could be worse, right? This thing doesn't transmit that easily. There are viruses where, you know, it you know lingers on surfaces longer, easier to get into your system. Like, you know, those are real things. Like, like I don't know, I'm thinking about norovirus, for example. <laughs> if that stuff gets on, on your groceries, good luck eating any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, uh, that, that is one silver lining with COVID. It could be worse. I mean, there could always be some sort of variants of the virus that, that spread more easily than the regular virus. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> that's our sneak peek of next year's episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least this time we'll say we, we saw it coming this time. So then we hit summer, right? Mm -hmm. And by summer, that was probably the best part of the year for most people because the, in this part of the world, the weather was good. Yeah. We actually got outside a little yeah. bit virtual school had ended yes. so there wasn't this chore of trying to especially those first few months of trying to figure schooling out with your kids disaster for parents all around the world right as <laughs> parents and for teachers because the whole i mean virtual school now is an actual planned sort of system that they're, they're mm -hmm. still working on the bugs but it's a thing whereas then uh it wasn't even really you weren't really doing virtual class. You were just had every day you had to had to go online to get your homework or, and get your assignments for the day. Uh, my parents had to do, do it remember, all themselves. Do you remember there was an episode where you were describing to me what a hassle it was because you had to get up and print out and scan all this stuff <laughs> for your right. kids on Google Classroom and I was laughing at you. This fall, my kids switched to a new school that uses Google Classroom. I've been scanning and uploading stuff like... And it's, I'm always late, yeah. right? Like, like just to get this stuff in, I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Like, did you know that Google actually will make a joke about it? When you hand in stuff at 11.59, uh -huh. one minute before it's due, Google actually will say to you, woohoo, made it just in time, <laughs> right? Like, there's actually a message for this kind of idiotic parenting. <laughs> that is hilarious. What does it say when you hand it in late? For shame. <laughs> what kind of dad are you? <laughs> oh, it, I mean, th the thing is, I'm I'm sitting there scanning my kids work, yeah. right? Like my son, especially he's like in JK, yeah. right? He prints out five letters. I got to scan it, right? <laughs> I'm thinking like 
the carbon footprint of his homework is enormous, right? I'm not sure it's even worth handing it in. I was telling someone, one of my friends about it and his kid wasn't in school yet. He's like, oh man, that would kill me to have to do that, right? Consider me killed. Jeez, you have to sacrifice the time. You have to try to get the work done. You have to kill the environment to do it. And then you have to put up with Google afterwards asking you stupid questions like, are you sure you're Asian? Because this doesn't look like your best work. <laughs> The best part is sometimes my, like recently, my son had to write some letters, uh, right? He had to write a bunch of cues, right? And then I looked at the sheet. I'm like, yo, your cues are like, some are big and some are short and they're, they're misaligned. So then I'm like, get out the eraser. He starts erasing, right? Yeah. And then he redoes them. But you can see the traces of the old cues. Yeah. And then the teacher writes back. Like teacher's always very nice. Writes back a comment. like, very nice job correcting your mistakes. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. That's what happens when you do work at home, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed teachers now telling parents, uh, you know, please don't correct their work or help them. We want to, see, we want the, to see them make mistakes. <laughs> but yeah, you know that 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 first like bit of homeschool and that first sort of uh, say three months, right after things kind mm. of everything shut down in March, and then there was a bit of a time April May where it was a bit of the sweet period because for most people things were just sort of shut down, right. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, you know, we're not, we're not expecting you to really do everything at school that you would do normally. Uh, we, we understand it's COVID, you know, a lot of people like, look, don't come into work. We don't want it spread. Uh, but then by the time you get past that period, you got to the point where it was, look, this is the new normal now. So you, you no longer can get away <laughs> with not doing anything. It is sort of a get back to work now. <laughs> Well, that's the difference between Canadian parenting and Asian parenting, right? You actually had a fuse that started to slowly start to burn <laughs> until you got to that point. We were like on that right away. We're like, there's nothing to do. We got to, we got, we started cobbling up the old textbooks left and right, right? My, my, somehow my wife suddenly reappears with all her textbooks from when she went to elementary school. I'm like, I don't know why we kept this stuff, but I guess it's good that we have it now. That's awesome. A whole generation of Asian kids who call it the cello virus. The virus that when it came, they had to do twice as much cello practice because they had no school. Yeah. So, I mean, so then we hit summer, though. Yeah. Summer was decent. Summer was good. Right? Well, I'll be in relatively. Weather was good. Numbers in, across the province started going down. We started to understand the virus a little yeah. bit better, right? We had get-togethers with That's people, right. right? It's hard to remember that now. You know, we went to our... Yeah, we we went we I we had lunch with my mother in law. We had lunch dinner with my mom. Yeah. You know, we actually did stuff on weekends, yeah. right? You know, we were at the park or on the you know at the at the track riding our bikes. Yeah. Outdoor activities were relatively okay to do, and things were looking up. Yeah, I remember I went to a, I went to a patio with a couple of my friends from high school wearing masks, mm. but uh, still, it it seems like masks or no masks. In the last month, there was no going to a restaurant in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we hit then we hit fall, and this is when things start to spiral out of control. In my view of it, I think if you if you listen to the tapes, we were losing the grip a little bit in August as we had to start making yeah. this decision about what are we going to do in September. Right. Right. So then September rolls around, schools pretty much reopen, right? So parents are bringing their kids to school. But in different pockets of the province, there's different numbers. And some places are starting to shut yeah. down. Like where you and I are over the last few months, we've basically been shut down again yeah. while the numbers peak like mad, yeah. right? The whole time 
while this happens, we're watching this gong show in the United States where the numbers are going sky high, yeah. right? And that's kind of led to where we are now, right? Where the numbers are starting to come down a bit and we've got the vaccine coming. So there's some hope on the horizon, yeah. but there's also possibility of variants coming along and this talk of another third wave coming. And that's the year that was, ladies and gentlemen. Do people, do people remember what wave they're in right now? I thought we were still in the second wave. But the, the second wave ended yeah. and we started a third one? This is the end of the second wave. There's The rumor is that the third wave could hit, right? Yeah. In the next couple of months, if one of these variants starts to take off before the vaccine, before the population is fully vaccinated. Or, or even just after we have March break, which is now going to be in April. <laughs> yeah. People will get together. Yeah, and, exactly. But, you know, we, we shouldn't gloss over that whole discussion about the, the going back to school. Do you, do you remember when we didn't know if you put kids in school, will they will they all get virus? Because the school has been shut down for, for what, three months at that point, uh, plus the summertime. Uh, I thought that we kind of knew from what I recall, we kind of knew that the virus doesn't affect kids that much, but that they could pass it around a little bit. Right, which has kind of borne out. Like I feel like the science eventually confirms itself. Well, I think that right? was the discussion we were having in, in August when we were trying to help the audience make their decision. Right. That right. the evidence is showing that doesn't spread so easily for kids. But I mean, even then we yeah. were still saying to people, it just makes sense since there is an unknown factor to it, that if you have the means and can keep your kids home, then you might as well and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, or, or we said, if you send your kids to school, then don't spend time with your elderly in-laws yeah, and parents, that's right. right? But the problem is we did send kids back to school as a population, Yeah. but the numbers just kept going up more and more and more. So who's really right at the end of the day? You know, you could argue that, you know, where, where did these inflated numbers and these surges come from in this last few months, right? Well, we know it didn't come from schools. <laughs> that's one that's that's one thing that we do know right the, the the numbers of people at school getting it didn't skyrocket and certainly the number of kids transmitting it at schools we know pretty much for a fact that that right. that, that didn't happen so that did sort of uh, bear out the problem was that adults mm. didn't stop themselves from getting together and doing things outside of school and i think there is yeah. a certain element of when if kids are allowed back in school a lot of people's mentality was well if the kids can go back to school then surely i can get go out for drinks you know, like we're down to the necessity. I mean, I, I, I think it is actually there's a population of people, especially young adults, right. who are the ones that were starting to pick up numbers in that fall period, yeah. right? It wasn't seniors that were coming out th all that much. It was mostly young adults that were getting, you know, testing positive during that surge. That's right. That's that then carried into the nursing homes and yeah, whatnot. that's right. I do seem to recall the, uh, the sort of twenties, twenties, thirty year olds getting blamed for causing the second wave the most part mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh yeah the school thing so, kind of worked out but i mean your kids are still homeschooling now so uh so i mean it makes sense that you guys are going to finish off the year but uh that means in the september upcoming are you guys actually going to be thinking about putting them back <laughs> you guys have... i'm 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 counting on it like my <laughs> life depends on it <laughs> Our whole issue, I don't, I, listeners to our show, I don't know if they remember, but our whole issue is actually that our school, being very proactive about the virus, implemented a lot of, you know, recommendations that actually regular public schools did not do, yeah. right? Chief of which was to reduce class sizes. They cut each class into half. 
So they kept half the cohort of students at home at any given day, and the other half is in school. Yeah. And then they then they switch halfway through the week, yeah. right? So even if you were to go back to school in the current model, you'd only be there two and a half days a week. Oh gosh. <laughs> right so then you're yeah then you're faced between a choice of you know should i it's not the choice of should i go back to school every day and you know have a relatively normal life yeah. or stay home every day it's actually should i stay home every day or go to school twice a week and still be home three days a week harassing mom and dad yeah. in that second scenario given that there's a pandemic hovering over you it's like it's a bit easier to make that call <laughs> yeah that is not a very palatable choice staff that you like to make <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think we've chatted about it, but there have been times where parents have been like not too happy with the options that they're presented. But at the same time, I feel like the school's done a really good job of, you know, keeping kids safe, you know, reducing the level of anxiety. And not all schools can do that. But this is one of those this is one of these things that's kind of hard because you know there are other schools that have just followed exactly what doug ford has said to do right and kids come back okay kids come back you know kids got to stay home okay they stay home right and they can also say well we didn't have any cases we didn't have any deaths right who's right or wrong right it's just this issue of like how careful do you want to be which really is probably like the underlying thing for most of us as regular citizens and parents this year like we've all handled the virus in slightly different yeah. ways some like myself overkill <laughs> right others pretty lax but unless you test positive or have you know a major medical outcome as a result of the virus you can all say we did the right thing <laughs> well that's it exactly it's like everyone who doesn't wear a seatbelt is always gets the last <laughs> laugh until they go through their windshield yeah exactly uh, we, we put uh, my kids in uh, extended day program this past week uh, because mm. my wife's gone back to working full time, which means that uh, there's issues for drop off in the daytime when we're not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at, uh, at the extended day program, he comes back and he's telling me this uh, one teacher, she ruffled my hair. Could you believe it? Doesn't she know there's a pandemic? <laughs> she touched my hair. <laughs> and I'm saying to him, oh, yeah, actually, actually son, that's... Uh, I don't know. That's not a very good thing for her to be doing. I agree with you. Uh, so if the <laughs> next time uh, that the teacher wants to touch you, you have to politely uh, let her know, uh, oh, actually, uh, just because of coronavirus, uh, I, I'm really asking people not to touch my hair right now. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm waiting to see how that plays out <laughs> and to see what kind of note comes home from school from an offended teacher. I didn't even know that teachers were allowed to put their hands on students at all. This seems like way beyond the boundaries of what is, what is acceptable coronavirus or not. <laughs> I did have a lot of questions about specifically which teacher, which teacher this was. <laughs> so one other thing that I noticed, like now we're into the, we're, we, we're a year in, you know, where a full year has gone yeah. around. Like the thing that caught my eye this week was I saw that People in people in parts of Canada like Quebec are protesting that they want restrictions lifted so that their children can resume sports activities. <laughs> right? This is what passed for political protest in 2021. <laughs> like, there's not enough things in the world that are alarming. Like, you know, like like the hundreds of thousands of people who've died from this virus. Right. We need to. We need little league ba- baseball and football to be reinstated. Right. Like, I, I feel like sometimes people have completely lost the purpose of of what we're doing, right? And I, I saw clips of that protest. I saw the leader of the Parti Quebecois yeah. walking down the street, right? This is what passes for politics in this year. 
Oh man, I could just see those those rallies. Hey, uh, did I see you out here? You know, with the George Floyd thing? Uh, no, no, you didn't. Uh, this is my <laughs> first time out. Uh, I'm just here for the little league. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a, it's been a crazy year. Why don't we talk a little bit about you know we talk we reminisced a bit about what happened when the virus first started. Yeah. What do you miss about parenting life? way back when before this all started because it was a bit different parenting back in the day it doesn't take me long to think of this one date night (laughs) (laughs) i I miss date night like like nobody's business yeah but now you're home with your wife every night yeah maybe not you i guess you do emergency room shifts (laughs) maybe you have a different uh classification of what constitutes a date than i than i do I, I do make a distinction between family Disney movie night and uh, and date night with my wife. I feel like once you have four kids, all the distinctions must be fairly blurred at this point. Well, I don't know. I think the more kids you have, the more noticeable it is when you're out for dinner without them. Right? <laughs> that's that's what date night's supposed to be. Somebody comes and watches the kids, and me and my wife get to leave the house on our own. Ah, uh, okay. So date night is on your list. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, well, I do miss having the kids in extracurricular activities. <laughs> <laughs> this from the family that was already ready to burn down all extracurricular activities before COVID hit. Yeah, you never really realize what you had until it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that I, I was one that always hated driving my kids around, right? And now I'm going to say at least for, I'm tell, calling it at least for a year after COVID ends, I will not complain <laughs> about driving them anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could, I could probably promise nine to 12 months of, uh, of not complaining. <laughs> no promises beyond that. Big thing that I miss about life before COVID yeah. is I used to, we used to spend, we, you know, we lived close to my in-laws and my parents. So the kids and the grandparents were always hanging out with each yeah. other. And that just suddenly stopped a year yeah. ago, right? And that was weird, right? It's still weird to me. Like I rarely even see my mom, right? And we used to, I like had a couple of weekdays where I would be at their place, like working a bit or in and out of the house running errands, but having lunch and dinner. That is usually the part of life that I miss the most is this hanging out with the family, yeah. right? You can take away a lot of the other stuff, but we're getting right down to the nuts and bolts of basic human existence. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's huge. That's a big one. We're going to now be going through like duplicate holidays, right? Now it's not just an Easter without Easter dinner and everybody getting together. Now it's going to be two Easters. <laughs> yeah, it's right. it's hard to believe it's going on this long. It's going to be two birthdays for some people soon. Oh, goodness. So uh, when my one of my kids' birthday is March 5th and the other kid's birthday is uh, March 16th. Mm-hmm. And so with coronavirus, we actually squeaked in one last birthday party. Uh, <laughs> one of my, the, the five-year-old at the time had a birthday party at a place called Monkey Around, mm. uh, you know, indoor play place, that type of thing. So we did that. We got that birthday party in. And then COVID hit like right when we would have been planning the other one's birthday party. And so she was quite upset. She was feeling like it's not fair. And we had to listen to this for, for weeks going on months that like, it's not fair. I'm the only one whose birthday party was canceled by COVID. But then the next kid's birthday, which is in July, that one gets canceled by COVID. And, yeah. you know, I'm still sort of hearing, well, it's just the two of us. And then the other one's birthday in August canceled by COVID. Now, uh, as of, you know, 
five, four days ago, uh, the uh, another the, the last kid has had their birthday party canceled. So all kids now have had a canceled birthday party from COVID, and we're going on to the next canceled birthday party for my oldest kid. Cue the whining again. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, the weird thing is now it's become normal, right? Yeah. Now, now she doesn't really have any friends who've had a normal birthday party. <laughs> so what about the opposite? What are things about life that we don't miss? Like COVID, as sucky as it's been, has, yeah. you know, you mentioned it right right away, was that there were some silver linings to this thing. And a year on, there are still some positives to this for some of us. <laughs> yeah, for some people. Uh, for those who didn't go bankrupt in the, in the interim. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not clamoring to go back to some of the in-person meetings that I had to do before. <laughs> you know, not that I want to do any more Zoom meetings. <laughs> yeah, done with right that. before we came on the year, you told me you were interviewing students on Zoom for 14 hours or something yesterday. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, uh, not looking forward to more Zoom time. But I do like not going into meetings. Mm. A lot of the meetings that were canceled or that are done over Zoom, mm -hmm. uh, especially the early morning ones where I would be getting up at sort of seven in the morning specifically to go to a meeting that if I didn't have, I could be home until eight or nine o'clock. I, I have to say that Zoom in many ways is incredible technology, you know? Like yeah. historically, like I'm not a dude who's like an early adopter of technology, you know, if I don't need to. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you and I were recording using Skype. Right. So we had a little bit of experience doing web calls and stuff. But yeah. other than that, like, you know, I'm busy at work. I don't have time to fiddle around with like a new technology for no reason. But yeah. actually what I found is, you know, this past year, you know, right away we were all forced to learn to use zoom we were forced to like figure out how to like attend the conference virtually right yeah and then you start setting up phone calls with your buddies and stuff and actually it's not bad like i've i've talked to people i hadn't talked to in years right <laughs> if we didn't have zoom and a pandemic there'd probably be no reason for me to talk to like my university friends as a big group online ever right so there's been some weird positives that have come out of this Funny to think of COVID as actually helping us to connect with people. <laughs> Different people. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, I don't know if my social uh, life has gotten better with Zoom. <laughs> actually, I would say that the pandemic has definitely made it much worse. I w what I've gained in seeing people over Zoom, I have completely lost in seeing people in person. Uh, and I and actually, I don't I don't feel like I get together with people on Zoom that that often. I found that podcasting has actually been good during during the pandemic that's true but that we were doing that regardless of the pandemic yeah and i started doing other episodes right and then zoom the technology suddenly everyone had it right i was like i'll just zoom call you and we'll do an interview and boom it's done right whereas yeah. before it was like okay you gotta install skype i gotta teach you how to do it you know yeah. like you know actually originally i was like in order to interview anyone i'd have to lug my equipment to their house or meet somewhere and set it up and have a quiet room now the actually the software of zoom allows you to record everything right yeah so in many ways this technology is has helped us get through this i can't say thank you to zoom enough <laughs> for this past year yeah and I think when 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 things go back to normal or can go back to normal, there there will be a a big rush to take a bit of a Zoom break. But I still think we'll be we'll still be using Zoom mm -hmm. uh, instead of some of the things we were doing before, even when we don't strictly speaking have to. Mm -hmm. 
One thing I don't love, though, is all the other uh, Zoom-like platforms that all exist simultaneously. <laughs> if we could all just get on one standard, it would make my life a lot easier. Like right now, uh, I'll have meetings for work or, or rounds or something like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have two of them back to back. And you get for one rounds, for one session that I have to join, I get a, an email that says, you know, click here, here's the Zoom link. So you do that and you're great. Then that one ends and it's time for the next one. And so you go and looking for another email. And this time it's, you know, click this link, but also enter a password. Or this time it's you click the link, but this time you have to wait for the host to let you in. Or this time you go and there's an email that tells you there's a Zoom meeting, but this email doesn't have the link in it. To get the link, you have to go to your calendar. Uh, and maybe it's in the calendar on your phone, but maybe it didn't sync to that calendar. It syncs to the one on your desktop. Or maybe it's not a Zoom meeting at all. It's Microsoft Teams. And then you go and you're like, I don't know how to go into a Microsoft Teams meeting. I can only enter as a guest and I can't change my background. And it just goes on and on. All these different technologies and some hospitals use one, others use another. Yeah, it's 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 a lot to keep a track of for sure. But somehow our four year olds are able to do it, so we should be able to do it too. <laughs> well, yes, my four year old can, uh, or well, my five year old now six year old can go into a Google Meet and set that up and turn that on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they certainly can't go and do uh, a Zoom instead or whatever else instead. <laughs> so, so there is a lot of uh, Dad, this thing's not working. So, uh, so here's a question. We've been home with our kids for a full year and yeah. spent copious amounts of time with them. Abnormally yeah. large amounts of time, swaths of time that dads were not meant to spend with their kids historically, right? Yeah. Unless you were a true deadbeat dad. <laughs> so what, what have you learned about your children during this past year? Uh, well, uh, I should qualify that I haven't, I've, I don't know if I've spent a ton more time with them over the entirety of the year. Mm. You know, at the beginning when there were a lot of stuff was canceled. Yeah. But, uh, but now, you know, I've, I've still been going into the hospital, so I still have the nights and evenings where I'm kind of missing out on them. And sometimes when I'm home, I'm still doing all the (laughs) zoom stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what have I learned? Uh, one thing I've learned is that if I do actually have a day off where they're supposed to be at school, that is guaranteed to be the day they have some kind of feasibly COVID-esque symptom that will cause me to have to go and pick them up <laughs> and destroy whatever plans I had for that day. Well, wouldn't you know? <laughs> but you know what's been nice? I started off reading, trying to read Harry Potter to my, uh, to my six, seven-year-old at the time. Hmm. Then the two older kids, uh, who are both capable of reading on their own, started coming and listening, mm. including the oldest who had already read all these books herself. Then I actually find that that kid, the younger one I was starting with, got bored of this particular series and she started going off to read something with her mom. But anyway, for the last, must be six months now, me and the two older kids who are now uh, <laughs> nine and 11, uh, I've been reading Harry Potter to them every night, a few chapters. Um, and it's become quite a little ritual that whenever I'm home, I'll read to them. And uh, I don't think we would have necessarily got into that if it wasn't for COVID. <laughs> Not bad. Which book are you on now? Uh, actually, we're on the last one now. Okay, because those last few are like tombs. They're huge. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, especially because we're doing it at bedtime. There's mm-hmm. always this impetus for, oh, but one more chapter so that we don't have to go to bed. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I have a sore throat and I'm hoarse after reading like <laughs> a sore three chapters throat during a pandemic. That's not good. <laughs> exactly. 
So what are you going to read next when Harry Potter is finished? What's are you, is this tradition just going to end with Harry Potter? I'm not sure. From the point of view, uh, I can recommend a few different series that are like Harry Potter that my older kid has read. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if uh, if she's going to want me to read those to her the way she seemed to enjoy me reading Harry Potter to her. Yeah, these are tricky. I do recommend, though, a series called The Secret Series. Okay. Yeah, I was looking for a book because my oldest really, in particular, really loves to read and devour his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking for a series. So I was looking up online, like what's a good series that for people who like Harry Potter, et cetera, uh, and who like Lemony Snicket. And they recommend this book called The Secret Series. And it's like the first book is called like the the name of this book is a secret or something along those lines. Hmm. Uh, anyway, she loves them. She loves them so much that uh, I've given that series as gifts to to her cousins when their birthdays came around, and I'm getting good reviews from them as well. And there's a spin-off series called The Bad Series. One book's called Bad Luck, and the other one's called Bad Magic. Okay. Uh, so that, that might be what we get into next. But it's an older series. You, won't f- you wouldn't go out and find it now. It was from 10 years ago or something like that. So I bring it up on the podcast because it's something of a hidden gem. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I'm going to go take a look because my daughter is always looking for new things to read. Well, when you finish writing your, your young adult series, <laughs> then I can push that on the podcast. <laughs> so... Okay, that's a good one. I mean, it, it it's a good reminder that, you know, some positive some positive family patterns can emerge during this f- period of forced confinement. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not tired of spending time with my family over COVID, or at mm. least not any more tired of it than I was before. Yeah. I would I would say likewise. I think the challenge for most parents has not really been that they have to spend a lot of time with their children. It's more that Spending time with your children is very difficult when you also have work creeping into your home life, right? Yes. At all times, like most parents are at home working, you know, if they are at home, yeah. right? Yeah, and and their children can't go anywhere, so they're forced to have to juggle all these things at the same time. Uh, yeah, the the sweet spot in COVID was that very first March break, where at first they said, you know what, we're just extending it by two weeks. <laughs> so there was still this expectation that, okay, so you're going back, so it's just an extra long March break. So <laughs> we're just all still on holiday. Uh, how about regarding parenting as a whole? Have, you know, are are you going to take anything away from this year and carry it forward as a parent? Like, has there been any? little nuggets of wisdom we've gleaned as medical dads in the last 365. I suppose I could say to people, you know what? So I think we've proven if your kids watch a little bit of extra Netflix, it's not that bad. (laughs) It's not going to kill them. Yeah. Screen time, eh? What happened to that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Recommendations, limits. (laughs) That's pre-COVID talk right there. So, I mean, that's the year in a nutshell. I don't, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to go, go over in this past year? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a retrospective. I mean, we're still in COVID, so uh, <laughs> you can only get so nostalgic about something that's still making you suffer. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy that it's been a full year, and we definitely are still suffering. I cannot see the end of this. You know, initially when COVID started, I had this thing in my head where when the day it ended... It would be like a moment where we all knew it ended. It would be like the end of World War II. We'd all run out on the streets and, you know, you'd start dancing in the streets with your neighbors and stuff, right? You're kissing nurses. <laughs> Sailors are getting confetti thrown on them. Yeah, it'd be a giant black and white photo. But I don't think that's actually going to happen now. What What's probably going to happen is there's going to be these people out 
doing their normal thing, infecting more people, right? (laughs) While the rest of us who have been all vaccinated are just still going to be fearful of getting a variant. So we're still going to be huddled in our homes, wearing masks as long as we can. That's how it's going to end. Yeah, you know, within the first month, my kids were talking about all the plans they wanted to have for the the COVID's over party, mm-hmm. the big celebration. I it, right, Even back then, even April 2020, I was telling them, guys, it, there's not going to be a day where <laughs> COVID ends. Uh, it's going to be a gradual, slow return to normal. <laughs> but now I think there are some elements where this could go on for a good year, another year from here, right? Just with the, the speed of the vaccine coming in and the prospect of mutations in the virus, it's not going to be a clean thing where we're going to be out of this within a few quick months, right? It's its very hard to imagine things in any sort of foreseeable future going back to to completely normal, mm-hmm. right? Like even, even when the numbers, even if you had three weeks where the numbers in my city were zero, would you be comfortable to go back into a, a packed club? <laughs> Not that you were going to pack clubs. I, I haven't been comfortable with the pack club in about 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to put it into something that would make more sense for you, for your current lifestyle. Uh, would you be comfortable to go back to a strip club when, when this is all over? Now, now we're talking. Not the champagne room. Here's, here's a question to leave on. Would you be comfortable today buying a vacation for 2022? right now you know march break 2022 there's a discount you can go to puerto rico or to cuba or whatever would you be willing to pay for that thing now uh at a hugely deeply (laughs) discounted price with a guarantee of cancellation uh with no penalty policy uh yeah i could maybe see something like that happening uh i mean that's the kind of question that we're now facing as parents like we can sort of see the end on the horizon and we yeah. all want to like be the one to make those plans and g- take a trip and do something. Yeah. And, but unfortunately only politicians like Ted Cruz can actually do it. <laughs> yeah. That's COVID folks. That's, that's the COVID year interview. <laughs> all right. Well, stick around. We'll talk about something unrelated to COVID next week. And then hopefully at some point, you know, we will have an episode where we're dancing in the streets and celebrating the end of this thing. That's right. Stay tuned for next year's episode where we recollect how we talked about COVID one last time <laughs> before never having to mention it again because it, it disappeared so much faster than we were expecting once the vaccine rolled out. Hallelujah to that if it happens. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. We'll see you in a week. Bye, folks.